Yeah. You ready? <laughs> hey. Let's go. Once again, I'm back around, uh, rushing back in style, uh, haters reconcile, uh, I'm so black and proud, first class tickets now, uh, feet all in the eye, uh, everybody looking down, everybody get red when you drown, huh? Look at me up, I'm putting it down, you picking it up, checking the models, they want us to go to college just so we can be stuck, go to school to make a living, or teach yourself to make a fortune, common sense, welcome to the apocalypse, I'm one of the horsemen. I don't need your endorsement, I don't need reinforcement, giving you your last warning, cause I'm at my prime, yeah, I'm at my, I'm at my prime, whoa, uh, have I gone too far, do you detect something different, if you look inside my head, would you say something's missing, if you could give all your riches just to say the word, would you risk it, these politicians so old can't tell if the dead where they living, Better ask Kathy Griffin, you know I like to raise stakes. We was always taught to hit the gas, we ain't even know they made breaks. We control our own fate, watch the dreams take shape. Try to keep us out, we gon' freak out, turn this water cake. I don't need your mandate, don't need you to elevate. I'm about to detonate, cause I'm at my prime. Yeah. I'm at my, I'm at my prime, said I'm at my prime. We Well, well, good evening, everybody. I'm always tempted to say uh, this would be the first official episode of Carpet Python TV. Um, just for the record, I am streaming this to the page for a short while, and then uh, we're taking it into the group. So if you want to be added to the group, um, get yourself added to the group. I'm not sure why I'm not seeing... Uh, there's only one thing here, so sorry, I'm just making sure that everything's working all right. I'm not going to hold Brent for too long. Um, so tonight, I'm hoping to cover a bit of uh, pandemic fever. Um, what to do, what not to do, how to prepare yourself going along, you know, for going, for going a period without the necessities to uh, keep your reptiles, uh, you know, you need to prepare for this stuff, you know. Like if we're going into a period of lockdown then you need to put certain things into place. And uh, I think um, I don't keep that many reptiles anymore. I've got a couple of blue tongues. So I don't really have really care that easy. I can just go out in the garden and catch some snails. Um, but I know that uh, there's a lot of you out there with large collections. And I think it's it's good to always know, or it's good to know what other guys are doing, you know. So um, keep that in mind, though, just for the record. Second time that I'm saying this, at about 20 or 30 minutes, I'm going to take this into the into the Carpet Python group. I'm going to stop the one feed from going, um, and then we'll see how we go. I don't know. Uh, oh, yes, okay. A few. So also note that I can we can see the chat, 
but some of the messages won't come through with names attached to it. Um, so I don't know. We'll try and deal with it. I'll figure out a way out to get to get to all the messages. I know there'd be a lot of questions asked. And please keep it on topic. That's one thing that we need to try and do tonight. We can we'll have another show with Brent uh, to talk about all the cool shit that he works with. Um, and I've got a, a, a plethora of ideas uh, about what we can do with uh, future shows and whatever. I think uh, there's a couple of guys that I want to get involved in on a re- regularly, you know, to do sort of round table. It's taken a little bit of time. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that. I get some time to just do this stuff, you know, solidly for two, three weeks maybe, but I don't think I'm, I'm part of essential services, so I think of myself as an important part of the economy at the moment. Um, and yes, I don't want to keep Brent for any longer, I just uh, let me just get him into the feed here. There we go, nice and quiet in the background there. G'day Brent, how are you going mate? Evening, just evening all, how are we? Just a traditional one of these for you mate. There we go. I don't know if you can hear. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Cover Python TV. So I'm going to have to get used to that. Cover Python TV it sort of rolls well off the tongue, you know. So, uh, yeah, how you been, mate? Sounds good. Yeah, life's good. Uh, all things considered with the uh, current situation, uh, remaining positive. Everything's uh, traveling on okay, funny enough. It's, I guess lots of people will be affected in different ways, but... Uh, I'm certainly trying to stay positive at this stage. It's, if we all just went in the corner and cried, we're not going to get anywhere, you know. There's uh, people got to take action and people got to try and push on. So yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I, it felt sort of des. It felt desperate last week. I think everybody, you know, like I felt it last week, last Wednesday. I mean, I've haven't been that flat on a show. With Colin, I was on the Reptile News, and I didn't even do a show over the weekend. I was that slow, slow because I was just, it was just so much to take in, and I think we're all sort of expecting the worst. And I think, I think maybe that's part of the government's um, way of 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 getting all of us just a little bit used to the idea first. You know, just not. I know in South Africa they've put the whole country now on a twenty-one day lockdown, just just on the spot, you know, and it's just gone absolutely chaotic, it's become chaotic in that place. So I think maybe it was a good way to wean people into the idea of, of, of you know, having to stay home um, and getting just sort of a little bit numb to the idea of, you know, I feel a lot more upbeat at the moment, you know, like uh, at least I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get paid, but, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm in, you know, the type of service that I'm in, you know, I, um, they'll, you know, it's, it's necessary. So I can't see us being shut down, you know, but I know, sorry, people suffering badly. I'm sure, you know, that the, I was very surprised at how quickly I found even customers coming into the shop saying they'd lost their job. And it was yeah. almost a day after it had announced any sort of shutdowns. I, I was shocked at how suddenly some people reacted to it. I, I really hope people aren't overreacting or being caught up in the uh, the economy talk. You know, I think the economy is going to suffer badly and for a long time. But yeah. I worry people people jumped in at full steam. And I guess some people had to, you know, if they had no business, no income. Uh, you've got no choice. You've got staff. They've got to go. You know, if you're a pub or a club or something, you can't pay staff. You've got no patrons, you know. But I, don't, I think some areas, people just overreacted. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'll see how things pan out. I just hope people are not, not getting ahead of themselves on the media hype of how bad this will be. You know, I, yeah, the yeah. government talks that 
it's going to be bad and it's going to be bad. I think if the government is happy to give away this much money and throw this much money into the economy, they know how bad this will be. You know, if the yeah. government's going to give small businesses 10 or 20,000, they know they're going to hurt well beyond $20,000. Yeah. You know, it's tell me do you I'm assuming you like I mean we'll go into a little bit of background behind who you are and where you fit into the whole scheme of things in the industry at the moment you know but you've got you've got a business you know and I, do you um do you qualify you've got employees and stuff so I'm sure you you qualify for some of the assistance don't you Yeah definitely we're um we're a small spare parts business an independent business yeah. um selling retail and to trade workshops uh, basically general spare parts, uh, not so much accessories these days, but mostly replacement parts to mechanics is our main business. Yeah. And um, yeah, we have uh, five or six staff and you know, I think fortunately people at the best of times hate to be without their car. This day and age, no one, like a mobile phone, you know, people yeah. won't be without a phone, people won't be without a car. There's just yeah. a couple of things we've got so accustomed to having that, you know, people react badly to not having them, you know, so yeah. and, and I, I think it's I think that um, as well, you know, like it's, uh, as far as I can see, a lockdown doesn't mean you can't leave your house. You can leave to go and get buy food, the necessities. So people would yep. need their cars, you know. So it's true what you say, you know. It's one of those services that it might have. I know I've, sp- I spoke, I've spoken to you a, f- a couple of times this week, and I know that, um, you know, you've said it's sort of tapered off, but I reckon it will pick up again. Well, I think people are just figuring out how this is going to work, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think there's shock at the moment. Um, and certainly spare parts is something everyone needs their car, right? There's everyone who's still an essential worker that needs to go to work. Yeah. I mean, people are scared to go on the train. And they're going 5,000 people on the train. Most oh, yeah. people are going, I'll just jump in the car. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? You know, that's, that, that's it, great. But if you go out on the roads, there's far less people on the roads yeah. than there normally is. So, you know, there's there'll be certainly an effect in the automotive industry, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see. It's hopefully we're an industry we might get through it a little better. I think it's going to take a massive hit early going forward. Um, hopefully we we get back on track. Well, I don't think there's going to be far less money in the economy. People will suffer badly. So they're not spending money on cars. People are not working. They're not driving. They're not spending. If there's not in a something that's a definite need to fix or replace brakes or you know, do things that have to be done, they just won't do it, you know. Yeah. So it's it'll be some tough times, but there's other industries that'll absolutely be destroyed. At, at know, least at uh, least at least fuel at least fuel seems to be affordable again. <laughs> dollar thirty uh, the dollar I, I drive my van's diesel and a dollar I've never seen it I haven't seen it this low in four years. A dollar thirty I think for a liter of diesel. Yeah. It's like thirty thirty cents down. And you go so why can't it? So why can't it always be that cheap? You know, like I'm like, come on, you know, come on, guys, you know, that's a that's assistance, that's good assistance. You know, bring the fuel prices down, man. So, but Probably I'm sure the one thing that's helping people at the moment, you know, we we notice it with automotive, uh, petrol prices are very high. People are spending money on petrol. They're not inclined to then go and spend money on servicing or parts. You know, oh. when petrol prices are low, we often see a a spike in spending on servicing in other areas. People yeah. only have certain budgets for their motor vehicle. So if it's chewed up with fuel, forget about the rest of it. You yeah. know? I was, you know, I go to a couple of dentists, you know, I, I, I'm in, I'm in courier work, you know, so I, um, 
I go to a couple of dentists in a day and, you know, it's be the perfect time to get your teeth looked after. You know, like <laughs> I walked in there and the dentists are sitting behind the desk where the secretaries are sitting and I'm like, oh, okay, guys, what are we not busy today? And they're like, nah, nobody's here. We can check your, we can do your no. teeth if you want. No. It's perfect time to do it now, you know. Yeah, some things will just turn off, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. I had a customer come in, he's a regular guy, who it's just weird. You, you talk to different people, and different people are affected by this thing. And yeah. the guy is a uh, maintenance guy for a dog kennel. Yeah. And he said we had 200 dogs booked in for over Easter, 180 cancelled. So, Gee. you know, it just destroys their business straight away. No one's going away, no one needs their dog in a kennel. You know, it's just instant changes in life in some industries that's so sudden and so brutal yeah. that uh, other areas may survive better. Some are booming. Obviously, there's some industries that are just out ah. of control, busy because of the virus. You know, yeah. it's they're the fortunate ones, but they might see you know some huge highs right now, but I think in time those things will level Maybe, back yeah. out, you know. Yeah. How much toilet paper can people store? And, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's any extra activity there currently, you know, yeah. for what the paper's used for. So at some point, they've got to stop selling that much toilet paper. You know, it's it's just going to be, you know, six months worth of sales in a month and then no sales for five months. It's uh, yeah. something just uh, will, will even themselves out in time, I guess. So stop <laughs> buying all the toilet paper. Yeah, I mean... And, um, you know, I've, I've seen as well, you know, a lot of people are spending their money on rubbish at the moment. And I'm, and I'm just looking at it, I'm going, you know, why um, why are people doing that? Let me just, sorry, I just noticed that I haven't updated the title of the show. Two, two seconds. I just want to make pe sure people are. Oh, no, I've, d I've done it earlier today. Thank God. Okay, sorry. So. Let's uh, go. I know people are watching this, so let's not turn this into like I want to be. I want to stay upbeat. I want to. We, we I want to discuss uh, this, but I also want us to touch on the snake industry, what you've been up to. You know where you where you came from because you sort sort of well, you've been around for a while, but I think you uh, yeah. you know I I, I, I like this. I watch a few of the Americans, and you know there's a couple of guys that that sort of stick out for making good decisions and putting the money in the projects when they had the opportunity to do it and not wait yep. and you know like you might have spent a little bit more but you ended up you know reaping the benefit rewards of those wise decisions when you did it you know so um mm. tell us a little bit about you like i mean g give us a little bit of background i know you've got you know tell us about the you know where you come from you know your businesses you've got and then how khp came into into existence and and, and sort of where your passion is now and where you're sort of going with uh, whatever the, you know, you're working with snakes, you're working with rodents, you know, how do you fit time? I know you're one of the busiest guys I know. Uh, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I know maybe it's just because I, you know, I don't, I'm not that over the, I don't work as crazy hours as I used to when I had a large collection anymore. But, you know, how do you, where do you find time for it? Because I mean, there's a lot of guys you're watching that will, you know, eventually want to grow the, um, yeah, somebody's man, Jeremy's friendly. Yeah, that's a beard. There we go. Yeah, he does have a regal beard, doesn't he? And he looks much better now that he's at 30. How many kilos did you lose? And yeah, another one of the another one of the guys that one of the few guys I know that's actually lost like what 35 kilos? You said, yeah. Yeah, 30 something, 33, 34. <laughs> this week I may have put some on with uh, the gym closing. No, that one made me cry. If anything <laughs> affected me the most out of this was when I got that email from the gym. <laughs> Saying, uh, it was a tear instantly. I, uh
I got the phone call from the venue that uh, Carpet Fest is supposed to be happening on the 6th and the 7th of June. And they said, look, well, we, we, we can give you the money back or we can, you know, we can just go and see what happens. And I'm like, you keep the money because if it comes back to me, I'm going to blow it, you know. So, so hang on to that. <laughs> well, definitely. Yeah, well, maybe maybe a postpone. I, yeah, you know, I mean. I was a, a little disappointed in the uh, the expo guys. They were very quick to cancel. and But maybe they made the right decision. I would have liked them to say, Let's let's look at doing the expo later in the year. Let's look yeah. at August and let's look at September. You know, like I think I know some guys won't have stock, but I think to just can a thing so early was a pretty harsh call. I yeah. would have liked them to hang in there a little bit and say, "Hey, look, we're just going to assess the situation. Let's put it on hold and let's let's look at doing something later." You know, yeah. and it and it does affect you know it does affect everybody that made snakes this year. Because that yeah. was the that was yeah. the perfect avenue for you guys to offload some of your babies for of your uh, hatchlings that you made this year, you know, and it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 sad that he had to uh, that it had to come to that, you know. So, but we'll yeah, deal with it. It takes we'll, a hobby in many levels, you know. The, the young people coming into the hobby, that's where they see so much new stuff. You know, I remember. Uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago at the first Penrith Expo, back where it was in this year, actually. Um, That's where it originally started from, was one of the first expos there. And I remember going there knowing not much about reptiles and and morphs, your favourite morph word, and seeing albino Darwins back then and just being blown away. You know, it's one of the first times I'd seen albino Darwins. I was like, oh, wow. You know, a real eye-opener, and if you didn't go to an expo, you'd never see that. You know, you can yeah, see yeah. pictures on the internet and things until you see something in front of you in real life. It's a big change. It's uh, it's where I think people who are interested in reptiles make that transition to going to a show, and then they become, they're, they're into the hobby. They feel like they're part of it, and they, they might buy their first animals or make contact with someone that they can be absorbed into the hobby from. You know, it's, it's yeah. where the hobby grows from is those expos. So it's... Yeah. They're a very important part, you know, of, uh, of so, the whole whole hobby. So let's come back. Let's go. Let's do the. Let's uh, go back. Tell us about where you came from, where you live. You know what what sort of he, what background? Because I, as I said before the show, you know, I want to sort of uh, let people understand that you know we uh, the advice that they'll be getting tonight is from somebody that as owns businesses and that does snakes as well as a, as a side not a side it's a, it's a hobby to you you know but it's a yep. it's a it's it's something that i reckon you could if 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 your auto parts world if if you clo- if you close that today it is the snakes would be something that you could do as a as a profession you know that's my opinion so yeah, it's, um, it's certainly possible um, we'll do the history back in a second yeah. on that quick note of the snakes i've always been very careful to try and keep the reptiles khp business as a separate hobby you know although i i'm very mindful of the way i run khp as in a business structure a lot of investments that i'll make um, and business decisions i'll do based on business information not i love this thing i want to do this you know i'm probably fortunate now you know uh, 10 years on that now i'm starting to do a lot more things I love instead of things that I think I should do, you know, for business side of it. But um, I've always been, I have auto parts world is it's like the core, it's the meat on the plate, you know, and the the KHP reptiles is the veggies. um, And now there's KHP rodents and there's other things that 
it's sort of all the family are involved in this. It's all part of the meal. So yeah. Auto Parts World started uh, 15 years ago. I yeah. worked in spare parts basically my whole life from uh, out of school, deferred from uni, went to work at a, uh, was it like a wholesaler for spare parts? Yep. Uh, went in phone room, went in phone sales, went sales repping, um, moved right up the chain to um, positions that finally had me involved in a management sort of thing with um, Auto One groups and then moved into, uh, I wanted to be involved in small business. So I saw that as uh, something I felt passionate about. I didn't I didn't love the corporate world. I certainly was happy playing the games and I, I understood the politics and it just, it just didn't sit with me. I thought a small business was something I could have complete control over and drive. You, you know, when you're, when you're on your own and you are entirely responsible for something, you, you, you make your own results. If you're yeah, successful yeah. at it, you did it. If you fail at it, you did it too. You know, you own that hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And I was happy with that sort of responsibility. So I went and worked for a guy for uh, seven or eight years to basically a great apprenticeship, learn uh, business as a whole and uh, learn spare parts side of business as a whole. Yeah. It's two very different things. Some people are very good at a job. Um, some people not so good at business. Uh, you really need to be very good at both. To, to be great, you know, you need to be very good business-minded, but you need to be very good at what you do as well. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's uh, true in many, I see lots of our customers that are mechanics that are brilliant mechanics, they're just not great business people. There's yeah. some brilliant business people that businesses do really well. They're not that good a mechanic, you know, like it's, yeah. well, that's the it's, same it's with always the, balanced. Yeah. But that's the same with the reptile industry as well. I've, I've met very few reptile keepers that are actual business people. Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 you know, and that's probably what distinguishes the some of the big top guys in the US is they've got both that those those skill sets. I mean, anybody can. I mean, I think good business comes from your gut feel. You know, it's a gut feel thing as well. You know, making good decisions and stuff like that. But it's not something that you you can learn business as well. You know, like there there are skills yeah. that you, you you can further enhance. There's a lot of business. Um, uh, courses and stuff that you can run that gives you a, a, a better uh, understanding of how business works. And I sometimes wonder, you know, some of the the guys, some if it wouldn't benefit a few of the guys that are doing the reptiles, you know, to go for a short course and do like, you know, a college course and do like a year or two at just business, just to s sort of firm in those principles of of, of how to run a sound business. You know, it, 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 there's always yeah. a benefit through that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think people... Will learn very fast uh, when they get burnt. You know, when the best lessons sometimes you learn oh. and the ones you remember the most is when you get <laughs> torched. You know, you lose some cold hard cash and you make a fatal error. Yeah. They they teach you the greatest things. You fail badly. You know, generally most people learn and they will adapt and learn. You know, to not do that, change this, do something different. You know, yeah. um, just doing it all right from the start seems very easy, but Everyone has failed. You know, you just got to learn from those things and and develop and make 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 different practices and and change the way you do things. So yeah, yeah business for me, it's been you know I started the auto parts world 15 years ago. Uh, we're a small independent, so we're we're up against the likes of uh, Repco and Burson, big boys. You know, they're big multinational yeah. guys, and they they could stomp us. 
out of the game. They have unbelievable power. Yeah. Uh, we always have the difference of we're a specialised independent. Uh, we, we move much faster than we adapt and we have extreme levels of service they will never be able to provide. Yeah. And we have expertise. Like my staff are brilliant. They, you will never find one of my staff in a reptile person. They're just, you know, there's the spare parts guys that are sort of here and yeah. you have the best of the best. And that's what my guys are. You know, right down to my drivers, they're, they are brilliant. They, they're out there. They're the eyes and ears of the business. They see everything. They report everything. They, they serve customers in the shop. You know, they're yeah. not just a driver. Everyone yep. in the small business is, they're the cleaner. You know, they're the stock putter away. They're the customer service guy. They deliver stuff. They're, they're the merchandiser. They're everything. You know, like your small business, you need to be a complete person, not just a driver, just a, you know, just a parts guy. That's, you need to be so much more in small business. That's why I love it. It's, it's, uh, you it's, need um, multi-skills, you know, you've somebody, got to be brilliant in so many areas. So. Just uh, uh, David Knight, there's a couple of people that said a lot. Let me just go, through. I just want to read through some of this. Um, David Knight just asked you, what's your company name, Brent? Auto Parts World. We're a small independent spare part shop in Richmond, New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, we mainly service, we don't, we, we don't do online. Uh, we basically service mechanic workshops in the local area yeah. for uh, most of the replacement spare parts. We do have a retail store. We, uh, 85% of our turnover now is to spare parts uh, into mechanic workshops. And we have a small amount of walk-in traffic that we're still happy to cater for the retail guys. Mm. Um, I'd love that side of the business to be, to be bigger, to be huge. You know, there was once a time uh, 15 years ago, up until 10 years ago, we used to do 50-50, you know, workshop business to retail. But uh, the internet, the beautiful internet we all love so much, <laughs> changes the landscape. So suddenly yeah. we have eBay, Facebook, uh, Spares Box Online, uh, everywhere you can buy spare parts. And mate, they're cheap. I, there's, there's prices online that is, that is horrible. You know, I look at prices and think, oh, I can't compete with that. You know, there's some crazy yeah. stuff. But that all comes back to that specialist area of when you need help or you need to talk to someone about, you know, getting the right part first time. So yeah. many people buy parts and then think they're cheating the system, take it to their mechanic. It's the wrong part. Then, you know, they've got to pay more. They've got to freight that other thing back. And, you know, there's a lot of pitfalls to online. It's not very, very simple as much as these big companies are brilliant at it. And they've, they've hurt us badly in retail, yeah. but they still have so many issues. You know, they have the, the rookie errors that, so many people making spare parts, they do it all day, every day, you know. Yeah. And I guess that's, but I guess that's what makes a big difference. And I, you know, from watching you with the snakes as well, you know, you offer that level, you, you offer that same level of professionalism with your animal sales and the way you deal with customers and you always have time for them and stuff. And it, it's just the right way to do it. You know, like always yeah. have time to get it. But now let's, I know a lot of people, I know I mean, we're probably talking people's ears off about business and stuff like that, but I wanted to establish that f firm foundation there where they will work from now towards, uh, you know, f towards the rest of the show. So tell us, where did the snake, so you've got your, your auto parts business and where, where did you, where did the, you catch the snake bug? Because that's sort of nothing to do with auto parts. So where did the, nothing. You know, no. where did, did you ever, you know, like, did you like animals as a kid? Do you know, why, what triggered that fascination with what we love, carpet pythons? Um, spare parts was like, they're two totally different worlds, obviously, but it, the business was well established. 
and uh, and going for obviously about five years. I've only been in the reptile game a bit over ten years. So yeah. and it really I've always loved animals. You know, I was never one of these kids who was into reptiles. Sure, you know, as at school used to you know, mates would go out to the bush and grab a blue tongue and you'd have it in a tank for a little while and try and feed it and keep it alive and then just set it free because you had no idea what you're doing. But you know, I, there was never one of those people who had reptiles from a young age. It yep. really started um, a bit over 10 years ago from my kids. You know, like it was like my kids, I've always loved animals. We've always had dogs and I used to breed um, Alaskan Malamutes and it was it was very much business structured as well as I love the dogs, you know, they were my family, but yeah. you know, we bred dogs for four five, six years. Um, and I, I look at breeding and my wife always says, you have to breed everything. Why do you, you we can't have one. You must have a trio <laughs> of everything. And oh, I'm like, well, I look at it, you know, if you're going to have buy a brilliant Alaskan melon, you spend a lot of money, you might as well have two. And yeah. you know, they might have pups every second year. And, those pups you sell pay for everything. Our dogs, we never made money out of the dogs, yeah. but they pay for everything themselves. Every vet bill, all of their food, a, a very expensive setup, the best fencing, uh, everything they ever needed, you know, they had the best of everything. And that's, that's paid for by themselves, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's, reptiles are very much the same. Uh, I can honestly say we do get some income from reptiles, but they fund themselves. It's They yeah. fund new projects, they fund new equipment, and at some point you do get ahead and there's some excess money. Like we talked about it before, it pays my kids school fees, you know, like yeah, it's yeah. not like you drive around in a Rolls Royce from snake cash, you know, like it's, uh, it's, uh. Uh, I'm cautious with the, the reptiles to um, not, not make it a business. As I said, you know, it yeah, needs yeah. to remain a hobby. You need to love it and you need to still be in love with the interaction with the animals to make it, make it long lasting. I think if you, treat it just as a business you will learn to you it burns the, you the it love burns. and the passion out of it you know yeah so. but that, i've said that a few times on these shows like i mean i had such a large collection that it it does kill some of it you know it it, it kills some of it to have that much that it's just a constant cleaning you know and it, and you yeah. lose that personal touch that you have with a smaller collection i mean i'm talking 600 animals 66 almost 700 animals and it does yeah. It does turn into work then, and I mean, I, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't think I ever got burnt out by it. I just think it was, it was a lot of work. You know, if I, if I could redo it, I'd probably have nicer cages. I probably would have a lot less, and I would have just, I, there was, I had so much stuff that was just sitting there that wasn't getting the attention that it needed. You know, so, but I agree with you. It like the reptiles. I've never seen a millionaire. A, f a guy, I've never seen a person be a millionaire from breeding reptiles. You know, I'm sure no, you can. No. I'm, sure, I'm sure you can make a good living on top of your daily job. You know, but I, you know, like I, I think if you can, if you can manage to pay for the expenses that they incur, I think it's a good, it's a good proposition. You know, it's a hobby that pays for itself. I think that's where, that's what people should should see it as, not to make money from, but to say, okay, I'm going to keep this collection. I'm going to keep these snakes. I'm going to pay for this. With a future purpose that it pays for itself. That's it. If you have to be happy, if you can have a balance of zero at the end of the day, you know, where it's like it it, it evens itself out. Yep. And I, I think you get to the point where, you know, in the early days uh, of KHP, and really KHP started, like I said, from uh, my son, my oldest son. KHP is, is my three kids, Caden, Harrison, and Piper. And that's where 
it began. That's why it's named after them because Caden basically started KHP. He was the uh, how old would he have been? Seven year old kid who was in my ear. I want a snake. I want a snake. I want a snake. And you know, like most parents, you're like, you're not having a snake. And I want a snake. Yeah. Um, Sheree, my wife, loved reptiles for a long time. You know, like 15 years ago, she's like, I want a a um, a retic python. I want a uh, I want a boa constrictor. You know, she, 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 you have no idea what's legal and what's not. You just think that you can have a Burmese, Burmese python in your bedroom, sort of thing. You know, yeah. until you realise how that world works. You know, so she was always interested in reptiles. Caden was the one who pushed it. You know, and I remember him nagging me. We we, we we need to go on to look at these reptile shows and stuff. And I'm like, whatever, let's go and have a look, you know. And, and that's where I said before, you, I take the kid just to let's go and look at some reptiles and you something you just see goes, wow, you know. And there's that little seed that gets planted in your head. And it wasn't for a whole year after that, you know. He kept going, I want a snake, I want a snake. And I'm like, you're not having a snake? No, no, no. Eventually, he wears you down enough that I said, it'll give you still want a snake down the track. We'll get something later on and of course my wife says one one yeah, but but, know, but like, she she likes to have a lot of ones like she's she drives a bit of of the buying there <laughs> but i was at she the thinks she runs the buying but uh <laughs> she, she learns quickly that uh it was, it was the first day i said yeah yeah well we'll organize some snakes off a guy who my very first snakes came from dave raptor you might yeah. know from uh raptor's reptiles and um it was an albino darwin and a head uh, and of course my wife thinks we're just buying just a normal carpet python one, you know, that's just a pet for my son. And I'm already, I'm already five years down the plan of we'll get a pair, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. buy the expense back then. Albino Darwin's one of our cheap animals, you know? So I'm like, we're going to spend thousands. We'll get this and we'll get ahead and we can breed them later and it can pay for itself. You know, at that stage I was just looking to, I love the process. I love the, let's get something and, let's go through the process of learning how to care for them and care for them so well they'll reproduce and going through that whole procedure of seeing them lay eggs, seeing them much like the dog, seeing them, you know, pregnancy, new pups, seeing them grow up and selling them and seeing them go off to new homes. And then we, for years after we finished the dogs, we still had people sending us postcards with pictures of the dogs, which is awesome to see, you know, this is a dog we bred, you know, we love it to death. He's, you know, they become, parts of other people's family so you know that that was the snakes in the early part was i had that plan early let's let's get a pair let's breed some stuff and see where it goes so the first day i come home with two snakes my wife's just you know straight away she knew this is gonna be bad and uh where's the one with two for about three months yeah well that's that's a it was three that's a record yeah pretty good for another year like then three went to uh lots you know like <laughs> 40 and and then the story goes on and I, and I think it's it's the same for many reptile guys when you get in you just you just want you know i've got a complete collection i've got to get this i've got to get this and you just buy 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 uh, but it, it comes a point when you start breeding that you start to make so much stuff and you just hold stuff back and you you make what you want eventually you know it's all comes from in-house which is beautiful i love the fact now I breed stuff that I made, you know, so you've made something, you've grown it up and you're breeding that to make something else. You know, it's generations that you can put together of your own animals. You know, that's, that's the really fun part. I love of making your own lines, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not that it's yours, but it's something you created. You know, I wanted to make this. So I sort of 
you know, breed this, breed this, breed this, and I can get to, you know, the next level of what I want to build. So it's, so I've always looked at it like a business structure for a hobby, you know, like yeah. I say, I try not to make my hobby a business because I feel it'll take something out of it that I want it to always remain a hobby. So I try to keep, you know, be smart and invest in things I think will sell well, the genetics that are rare that I can work with, things I want to build. But yeah. at the same time, you know, when, when it's egg time, I'm like a little kid, you know, it's like, get out there, let's check the eggs. How many we get? You know, my son's there and we're trying to pull pull eggs out and separate and they're like, it's like Christmas. Oh, look at this, a great clutch. And especially when stuff's hatching, you know, like you're in the in the hatchy room doing the cartwheels, you know, like, oh my yeah. God, we got this, we got this. And, you know, everyone's coming <laughs> in the room, blah, 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 you know, like yeah. it's chaos, you know. It's, okay. it's fun times and, and everyone enjoys that, you know. It's a whole family thing that, you know, like, you you uh, I, I like it that you can talk almost as much as i can <laughs> listen i'm gonna just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna cut the the the, the show short here i'm gonna we're gonna go to the so if you want to be part of the rest of the show we're gonna do, get, we're gonna dive into the good stuff now and people this is just i just i've got to know there's a bigger picture here than just me being uh, silly now with the shows like the the carpet python group is where the Carpet Python live stream group is where all the good stuff's going to happen from now on. I'm, uh, I want to give it to a little bit of a exclusivity to the, the, the stream. This takes a lot of time out of the guys, you know, like these guys are taking time out of their day to come on the shows and, and, you know, I want to make this great, but I also want to be able to, you know, limit to, you know, I just, I want to do be a free for all on online as it is. So I don't know if that made sense. I'll, I'll figure out a way to spin that, but you know, uh, I'm gonna just switch off the. So if you want to continue with it, I'm gonna be on the Facebook. So if I'm if I I'm, if I do look distracted, Brent, it's not you. I'm just I've got YouTube here. I've got uh, Facebook here on others on the other computer, and I'm just adding people to the group as we go. So um, we'll jump back into it. The stream will keep going. So just switch over to the Carpet Python live stream now, and we'll uh, see you guys there. And as simple as that. There we go. Okay, now we can now we can have the gro grown-up conversation, yeah, and not worry about the kids. <laughs> uh, we need to do a uh, a live. Does it record that um, section where we were being dickheads before the show? No, it didn't do that. Oh, it's it, oh, it was uh, it was running. Classic, you know, we have the Carpet Python TV outtakes of uh, <laughs> a couple of dickheads being dickheads before the show. I am recording. I'm rec I am recording this, so I, c I could probably send you a hard. I don't know how big this file is going to be. I'm, I'm tipping it's going to be big because it's it's high resolution. But if, when we upload it to YouTube, it's going to be glorious, you know. Um, so let me just see. I'm just going to open Carpet Python TV because it's probably going to go nuts now. Um, You'll probably get hundred people try and jump in that group now. You're going to be flat out trying to assess new people into the group. Uh, it's 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 still running. The only problem is that I can't see. Um, oh, Sherry, she's talking. She's already in there. So she's one of the few that's in there. So it will grow. We'll grow it over time. Um, so the only only difference, only thing is here, you can't see who's uh, commenting on. So you won't see that. It won't be rotating around anymore down at the bottom here because if for some reason it's read only in the group. So that's just a level of security that it gives it. So. We'll get back mm. into it now. I'll, uh, I'll monitor the stream as well. There's 21 comments here, so uh, let me just mute this. Yeah, I can't see any of that, so if you see stuff in a yeah. comment or a question, yeah, you'll have to jump in and and, and ask the question. Oh, for sure. Okay. And that's now. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. 
So um, let me just check. I have to check this. Okay, there is. Okay, there we go. There we go. I just need to scroll down. Okay. Yeah, this is where your lovely wife has been commenting. <laughs> oh my God! What is she talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I think she's on the second bottle of vodka by now. Yeah, you'll have to jump in and 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 ask the question. Oh, and someone told her that um, yeah, like alcohol wipes will help clean the world of COVID nineteen, but she thought they said uh, <laughs> vodka bottles will help cure the world. Okay, this. Let me. I'll just read through some of these comments here. Uh, love the key. okay. So there's a few people say they love the count. Why can't I see this? I want to see the the new. Me- I want to see how the, the big messages here. Hang on, I'll read through the comments. So we just so we just make people feel like they're part of something great here, which they are. So, uh, Darren Boswell, hi, how's everybody? Love the countdown clock. I don't know who said that. Oh Heath, yes, no worries, thanks, mate. Yeah, I try my best to make it look nice. Uh, Corey Schrader, hello, Darren Boswell, hello, Brent. Uh, roads are okay. So let's just talk about the thing. So let's jump into this. Let's let's talk about um, projects that you've currently got under your supervision. Or okay, you've so you got more and more snakes. It, the numbers grew exponentially. When did you know mm-hmm. you had a problem? When did you know there was a there was an issue? There was an addiction happening. When did that sink in? Uh, I think that. The very first day when there was two, I was always already planning number three. You know, it didn't take long, and fortunately, I had some uh, some great guys early in the days who were happy to help me out and teach me plenty. I was well catered for. Um, guys, are, you know, like Dave, who just said to me, uh, "You need to make these. These are this is the track you need to be on." You know, I knew nothing, and I was happy to learn. I I bought books on genetics, and I tried hard to learn everything. I'm I'm sort of one of those people that if I'm going to be involved in something, I have to, I want it all. I want all the information. I want to know all about it. And I can't just do a half-assed job. You know, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it. I want to do it brilliant. And, you know, my mum's always said that from, from when I was a kid, you know, if I'm going to play cricket at school, I had to have, you know, the um, SS bat and the bag and the pads. And I had to have all the gear, you know, like there was no (laughs) doing you know, just turn up and have a little game and go home. No way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to do it. I want to do it the best, you know, so, yeah. and the best I could do, you know, I'm not talking, I want to be the best, but I just had to do, I have to do it right. You know, I have to feel like I'm doing, giving it a hundred percent or I just can't do it. So, so the snakes grew fast. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, I started uh, probably not too out of control, you know, a clutch of albinos and then, um, next year had a caramel jag to albino, made some sunglasses and a few things, and and that's where I think it got out of control. You know, where you sort of hold back four or five animals and try and grow them up, and then you go on the I need everything buy up. You know, where you go and buy exanthics, you realise you know once you you study the genetics, you when you realise how it all works and what you need to make everything. You just start making a list and you say, I want to make this, I need this, this and this to make it. So it's just, you, you start buying, you know, and everyone goes through that stage of you yeah. just buy far too much stuff, you know, and, <laughs> and you, then you, you go nuts, you know, for two years. But and, then, and then you, you see you auctions, and then you see auctions happening where you can buy stuff for even better. 
Man, some you can... crazy bloody South African bloke from Melbourne starts, you know, let's do some auction pages. So oh, he's just bidding on, yeah. oh, buy this, buy this, buy this. And, you know, you talk to more people and you network and you, you really you know, you sort of immerse yourself into the hobby and that's a fantastic hobby. There's, I've got some yeah. fantastic friends that I have made from the reptile world that I love dearly. You know, the people that are close to me, I have a, a small circle. The people that are in my circle, I love them to death. You know, they're, yeah. they're my little team, you know, and I'll do anything for them. But like you said before, uh, I look at the customer service level. I treat everyone as best I can. You know, guys who buy a $100 stimmy to guys who buy a thousands of dollars worth of, of snake, you know, I treat them all, they're all customers to me and they're all part of my team, you know, like I, I try to bring them all on board and do everything I can for them. So, so yeah. I, you always tend to spend that more time helping the new people in the hobby. You know, the guy you sell the hundred dollars snake to, you'll spend a ton of time helping and you want them to be right. I want that animal to be cared for. You want yeah. them set up right. But, but you want them to enjoy it. You but, know? You, but you also get to a point where you, you can sort of see who the time wasters are and who's going to be the dickheads in the, you know, you can see who the guys are that you want to help early on. And if yeah. you, and, and I'm, I'm a firm believer, if you can get in there early and if influence those young guys in the right way, then they end up being great reptile keepers. It's when they latch onto the wrong people that they sort of just, they just end up being in it for the, and I don't know if there's any such thing as in it for the wrong reason, but there is some, some people really are in it just to, to, to milk it for as much as they can in the shortest amount of period of time. And then they just disappear out of, the, then they just disappear. I've seen them come, I've seen them come and go for the last 20 years or th- 25 years in this industry where I've actually bred, you know, like I've, you know, I've done stuff before Australia, but in this yep. industry, I've seen so many guys come and go just because they got in with the wrong crowd, the wrong guys at the start. They think they can make a million dollars. Then it didn't turn out the way that they wanted to. And then they just gone. You never see them again. Yeah. You know, no. let's quickly see. It no, looks like there's, there's a that draw card of people think there's, if they spend lots of money, they'll make lots of money quick. And it doesn't always work that way. We're talking about live animals right. and we're talking about a reasonably skilled Thing. carpet pythons breed fairly easily you know you yeah. don't have to be a genius but you've got to care for that animal right you've got to condition it right you've got to give it everything it needs to get to that point that it will produce good healthy clutches and every year you know it's backing it up year after year after year it's a different story to getting the one-off clutch you know so there's there's the guys who think it's a gold mine and you don't have to do anything you just shove your snakes in a tub and then you pull them out and breed them the right time yeah. of year and bang you make all this money you know but yeah, they, those guys, like you say, they don't last. They, they come, they don't make their million dollars the first year. They're filthy with the world that, you know, they paid 500 for this snake. They thought they were going to make a clutch of 10, you know, in three years and get, you know, $5,000 for the snakes they sold. And when that yeah. doesn't happen for them, they, they don't understand the economics of snake world that that $500 snakes now in three years, you know, he's a $200 snake at best. And, there's going to be hard to sell. There's so many of them. So it's, yeah. you know, those guys fall into the simple traps that many do. So there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Let me just go scroll, scroll for So Faye and Faye, Faye, let's give a shout out to Faye. Hello, Faye. She loves, she loves you, Faye. I love Faye. <laughs> Faye Smith, we're Smith I think together. Like that's we are, definitely 
a special bond, me and my fate. Yeah, there's definitely an affair happening there. I can see it. You know, she loves it. Like, lucky, lucky, you know, Garth there. You know, I push Garth aside. You know, if I was a different sort of bloke, because me and Faye, we, we know, I love Faye. Yeah, you met you met Faye the I first know. time. You met Faye at that that expo. Did you meet Faye that year that I brought you those this, the, those uh, displays? I think you met her then. Um, I think so. Um, yeah. Obviously, everyone sees Faye online. She's been yeah. online forever as Faye Antaresia. So she's the mama. Knows Faye, and I love Faye because Faye's just the straight as they come. If you're yeah. a dickhead, Faye's going to tell you you're a dickhead, and there's there's no escaping <laughs> that. So uh, she's just she's just gold, you know. So I think and I occasionally. She'll drop an F bomb, which I just Oof. love. There's nothing yeah, no. better than That's saying, saying something just just pure. <laughs> Just straight out. It's just like, I know. And then she, and then she offends herself and she has to apologize. (laughs) I'm like, we know what you like. Yeah. No, she said, uh, yeah, right. She probably, uh, please don't be offended, Faye. We love you. You know, we love you. You've got all your boys here in the, in the group. She loves it as well. Walking around there. I loved Garth. I have to say, I liked, I loved Garth's shirt at the, at the expo. That one with all the collage. Did you see yes, his shirt? Very, very colourful. Yes, yes. I like, I like innovation. I like, I like people being uh, original. You know, I like that originality. So, now, so you started putting a lot of money. So, when did you get your first vision rack? Because you like those racks as well, don't you? You buy up every one you can find. So, when did you get your first vision rack? Uh, I did what most people do, I suppose, and I thought I could be smarter and build melamine racks. So. Yeah. You know, I started building, buying tubs and building racks and and being the OCD person, I didn't like this one, didn't match this one, and I wanted them all the same, and I didn't like how, you know, I built a pipe and tub rack and they bowed a little bit after yeah. everyone told me they would, but I thought I could do it better than everyone else, and, you know, they didn't work out right. So, uh, I don't know, it's probably... Uh, maybe two years, three years, I got my first vision rack and loved them and went, that's it, I can't have any more, you know. Yeah. I still have a couple of Melamine, three or four now, just because I sort of retired them, replaced them with vision and you just grow and you need more space, so I'll pull them out of retirement and fill them up and then I'll replace them again. And I think I've got one rack that holds some like V70-style tubs. I've taken it to work and stored it and brought it back home at least five times, you know, it's it's just that constant cycle, but I um I think I've got a lot of vision now. I don't know how many, but <laughs> well, you think you th- you you think you've got a lot of vision? I know you've got a lot. Of- <laughs> That's the funniest thing you ever you ever come to my house here. I don't have snakes, but I've got a whole bloody garage full of vision, <laughs> just sitting there, uh, just waiting, that's part waiting. Of the addiction, you know. Uh? When you see vision, I I see an ad for vision, and I'm like, I don't need it, but I know I'm going to buy it because I'm going to need it one day. You know, like. You My can... dad on, uh, what's today? On Monday night. Yeah. Um, dad, bring the trailer. Uh, we've got to go and pick up two vision racks, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, when yeah. saw a mate of mine picked up two racks on Monday night, you know? Oh, what another size? Another what? V70 rack. I always, I always feel sad when they're in different states because I, I, I've actually shipped, I, sh- I tell you, I shit you not, I've, I have shipped a hatchling rack from Queensland to Melbourne at one stage. I'll never do it again ever they had to disassemble the whole thing but it does you know what it is cost saving to ship them if you disassemble them but to disassemble you know how hard it is to disassemble an ashling rack i'd rather just buy full freight prices (laughs) 
Ben, it was terrible. I think they transport well. Remember that one? I got a uh, vision rack from you yeah. a long, long time uh, ago. And after, we, yeah, the debacle. A friend yeah. of mine put it in a trailer and he drove it up to halfway up Albury or somewhere and I went down there and met him and brought it up. The yeah. most like ridiculous process of trying to save some money on something but then spending three times the amount to get it just because <laughs> you had to have it, you know? Yeah. But the, the, I don't think those racks transport that great. And when you stack them and try and pull them down with ratchet straps and those little spaces crush down there and then your tubs don't slide nice. Yep, you know, yep, like yep. That. yep. Uh, and then know, the, they, I think and like the, you, what you said, pull them apart, they transport far better. Like. Two boxes. I think two. You can fit. What is the, the hatchling rack? I think it's two boxes and one yeah. small box. Three, yeah. three boxes, yeah. It's crazy. And then, of course, your tubs. I mean, your tubs take up more space than, than anything else. But yes, yeah. people are people are saying like Darren, uh, Darren, Darren Boswell. Are you the Darren that that used to have the green pythons down? In, I'm trying to like. I'm sure because we all sort of go in cycles in this hobby. Yeah. But I know that Darren. Are you from a few years ago? You had green pythons down in South Australia. I'm sure you're the same Darren. Yeah. I was wondering the other day if that's the same Darren. Um, yeah. Zach, Zach, Dixon. Yes, hooked on the vision. I'll read some of the comments here. Sherry, of course, we love them. We love you, Sherry. Uh, I always worry if I say a name wrong, but you'll just have to deal with it if I say, you know, like I'm always worried about it. <laughs> you say, how do you pronounce her name? Sherry. Sherry, yeah, I say Sherry. Uh, you know, you shit at it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm shit at that language. What is that English? What is that English stuff? Uh, and then she said, uh, and then Faye's there. Ah, oh, she's all, yeah, she loves it. She loves it. Yeah, she always loves it. And Darren's here, yeah, big Daz. Hello. Well, not big Daz. It's, Daz is another biggest loser. I saw that post on Faye's. Uh, see, now we can have fun. I'm always worried that I offend people on, 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 on uh, the live stream, the, the, the page, because, you know, we can be a little bit, uh, you know, crass with our language sometimes, you know. So I just want to make it child child friendly and. You know, yeah, we can, yeah, we can tell it like it is. So uh, they've been going on. It's a little party that they've got in there. You know, we'll we'll grow the number. Where's twenty five, Brent? What is that? What does that mean? Where's twenty five? I don't know what that means. Chris, 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 Chris Sunky. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Christopher, is it? Twenty <laughs> five. That's, that's an animal that. Uh, Christopher wanted, uh, and um, I ended up, we, he ended up getting a different animal, but of course, Chris, and Chris, he's like, I still want that 25, even though we yeah. got 107, but I'm, that I, 25, I still want, you know? Like, I, I laugh at him sometimes because I go, you know, like, how many snakes have you got? Oh, 30. I'm like, man, it's, it's rookie numbers. What, what is that? You know? Come on. It's bump him up. number collection. Like, uh, he's one of those guys who buys brilliant snakes. Like, he, he's on the right track. He listens. And yeah. he buys the right gear. He's, he's very smart in what he buys. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, it's just funny. There's people who go crazy and buy all the wrong things, you know, you know, buy lots of bad things. But Chris is one of those guys who's great. He buys, buys good quality animals. He's going to be producing some fantastic stuff. There's stuff he's going to produce that I want already, you know, like he's already, yeah. I've got this, I've got this. And the first thing I think is, oh, I need that. Christopher, <laughs> something you're going to make but needs but, to come to my house but when you start making them you'll make like numbers you know like i mean that's the, it's 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 always nice to have like a pair that can give you that one animal that is like a head but when you make yeah. them when you make them in volume if you make your own heads and you hold back because i know you hold back a lot of stuff 
when you make yeah. you make them now this is nice this is much more upbeat than talking about covid 19 isn't it this is now this yeah. is gaining momentum i love yeah. i love this uh, this stuff so but it is it is a different sort of game when you've got like numbers and you're holding it takes a little bit longer to get them to adult size but when you start making this stuff you know and you've got some i mean i've seen some of your stuff and it's like you know my blow i was taking those photos those screenshots the other day for that little ad that to, uh, to show that you are on the show tonight and yeah. I, I mean, I, some of that stuff just mind blowing. It boggles the mind. Some of how good some of that stuff is, you know. So mm. um, let me just see. Uh, so we're talking about that. So you got your vision. So when you when you get vision racks, in my opinion, that means you're serious, you know, because that's, this is long term stuff. You 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 planning on having the, the the racks, you know, racks. I mean, twenty years. I mean, they'll never. I I can't see if, unless the tubs get UV exposure. I mean, I, I've seen vision. The tubs don't like it if they're in direct sunlight. But other than that, no, not direct sunlight, but if there's UV, if there's like, because I kept mine in uh, close to a window, I do see some of the tubs get brittle, the big tubs, you know, the big uh, yep. python tubs, you know, I've told you that before. But I yep. can't see those racks ever falling apart, other than maybe a heat cable that burns out. I've been, and I've, yep. I've had my racks, I've had some of the racks that I've got from since 2000 and. I said 2007 I got my first or 2006 and they still yep. going with the same original heat core heat cables if you got as long Maybe as you've got the old brown type yeah. heat cable you know before the world went to gray you know the original yeah. old brown cable yeah and they still going and I've never had any issues with them I mean you, it just depends on how rough you are you know if you roll over them I've, well, I've, I've seen kill heat cables on vision racks if you roll a wheel one of the casters over a heat cable they're usually stuffed because it it, 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 yeah. it breaks the yeah. it breaks the resist resist the cable resist the cable in the in the in the in the in the wire itself. Yep, people so. try to transport racks. I tell them I see with cord in it. You know, I'm like, uh, please yeah, take man. the cord out. You know, yeah. throw it in the tub. It's going to take you 20 minutes to put it back in, but it's, yeah. you cannot transport them with cable in them. But yeah, oh, let me just mm. see. Uh, I have an amazing albino 50% bread light. Okay, so Darren has gotten a. Uh, Albino from you, it seems. Uh, albino bread light, half albino bread light. So we'll deal with the questions later. So okay, so let's let's deal with this. Uh, your preparations for this. So we all heard the news last uh, two weeks ago that it might be going into lockdown. You know, all of us have been a little bit. All the adults between uh, amongst us have been a little bit you know downhearted knowing that you know we might be out of work or we might work slow might slow down you know business might slow down but the snakes still keep going they don't stop yep. they don't care yep. if there's a, a, co a, a economic crash or if there's a virus that kills humans and whatever around so what have you done so first pro first first step protocol i mean i don't i don't you know i'm trying to think here as well what would i've done if i had that size collection i think what would you? What's the processes you go in, into now to make sure that you you fail fail safe yourself for the next say four weeks? What would you do now? Uh, the first thing I did, funny enough, when uh, there's all talk of lockdown, I I shit myself. Are we having a swear jar tonight? Is are we PG no, you, or are no, we, can we just you some, can go. some nice words? Yeah, you can go. Uh, you just do. Yeah. I'd say I was very scared. Uh, obviously, my business was my first thought of you know, lots of change. But my first thought instantly about the reptiles was a must secure food source. You know, yeah. as much as over the years, I used to buy in rats and then I started breeding rodents for myself yeah. to, and that's part of that process of you must well, secure you where your food comes from. Uh, there was times when 
I couldn't buy rats. You know, if your breeders all go through it, and now as a rodent breeder myself, my father breeds has taken over that side of me. Thank God. Yeah. There is, you start to realize when you rely on somebody else for food, if you can't get food because they don't have it, they use it all themselves, they sold it all, whatever, yeah. you, you're in a bad situation. If you can't feed your animals, you can't, you can't complete the mission, you know? So yeah. my, my initial thought when this whole lockdown was, I need to secure from the very front. So pallet of rat food, make sure we've got shavings, make sure I need everything on site at dad's place to control the breeding of the rodents so if yeah. if for whatever reason all freight shut down or their place you know the mills that make the the rodent food um and we had the same problem recently with the fires that uh all of the forests where they make the pine shavings there was a lot of burned down bushland and suddenly there's no shavings you know and that that sent me a panic you know as well not long not january february yeah. Uh, you ring up, hey, I'm coming to pick up a pallet of shavings, and they say, no, you're not. There's none. You know, we've lost everything. We're three weeks away from having yeah. stock. And then you, that's that shock again. You think, how do I get myself in this position? You need to secure your line of supply from the front. So for me, that's rat food. It's shavings. If if those animals, the rodents I'm talking about, can continue, they must have food. They must be clean. If they're still making numbers and alive, yeah. you're fine. You know, that turns into it- the food. And I, snakes, and I think people have people are, sorry to interrupt you I, I think people also sort of assume that three weeks from now uh, they can buy their rats and they you know like that's like the they assume that the business uh, businesses are going to be okay three or four weeks from now like I mean I, 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 I agree with you on that with the rat food as well like those floods that were down in South Australia at some stage what was it two years ago three years ago yep yeah. When you couldn't get rat food, it was just you couldn't get no. it, and no. people were like, I "Remember that was Cummins Mill were, were struggling to stock back back in those times." And yep. uh, if you can't get food, you're in a bad spot. You're either yep. paying a lot of money for it from you know not direct from manufacturers, or you're going to pet shops to buy twenty yeah. kilo bags at, at two and a half times the price you buy them for it when you buy a ton on a pallet. So it's, yep. you know you gotta you gotta secure your line. You know. Yeah. No, so you've you've bought all the food, the shavings. Are, so I mean that that sort of sorts the rats out. So then it's just the hard labour that goes into making the rats. But you should be okay for. And I know you would probably have a stockpile. Worst case scenario, you sort of slow down your sales as well of your stock to cover your yeah. own stuff first. I mean, you know. It comes back to that old rule of, um, you know, it's an unspoken rule of breeders and I've probably forgotten about by many these days. It always used to be the rule, if you're going to produce any animal's quantity, if you're going to produce five clutches this year, you be sure that you can maintain all of those animals for all the time. If you're going to hold them back, you know, if you're not going to sell them, whatever. If you're going to breed it, you need to be able to maintain it for 12 months at least to be sure that you can sell them all and, you can look after them. I, I find so many people, they breed something and they're just desperate to get it gone. You know, yeah, like yeah. we've seen it already in the hobby where people, the snakes have had three feeds, four feeds, and they just get them out the door. You know, they yeah. want them gone. It's like they're a, an, uh, a something, an infection to them. Just oh, get it out. You know, they have to sell it straight away, whether it's a money thing or they just they want the pressure off from so many animals. I don't know what drives people to be so desperate to sell so early in the season, I'm my least active selling anything early because everyone wants to rush 
sell everything straight away. And I'm fine with that. I'm happy to yeah. sit on what I've got. Everyone, the small guys who have smaller numbers, I get that. They sell their stuff. And then I have snakes the rest of the year in December. I still have animals ready to go. Other people have sold out, gone. You know, you only get one time of the year to make your stock. So you make yeah. it and I'm happy to keep it. I, I have stuff from last year still, you know, still 20, 30 snakes from last year still they're ready for sale. They're always ready for sale, you know, and you're never going to put more food into an animal than what you're going to sell it for generally. You know, yeah, like yeah. if you've got reasonably quality animals and you produce stuff that uh, you put some thought into, you haven't just bred your Darwin and your coastal because they're the two snakes you have, <laughs> you know, that they're going to be a little bit more but, difficult to put but that of, into it for a year and then sell them for a hundred bucks, you know. But that, of course, now puts a lot of people under the... I don't think people have realized what, what's... You know, like, I, I, I sort of think for the youngsters there that have got that clutch or two or three or four clutches that they made last season, I don't yeah. think they, they realize what the implications are now with what's happened in the, in this, in the world as we know it. Because, I mean, I, I saw people were blowing cash on rubbish one day in. You know, you go, okay... So you're blowing that money, like I said to you, there are people buying shoes, three, four pairs of shoes because there's a sale on. They think mm. they've got that disposable cash now, but the, the problem is two and a half months down the line, three months down the line. I mean, yeah, sure, okay, best case scenario, this goes for like, sorry, we, we're going all hardcore now. But two, you know, sure the government says two, three weeks, but they've also said, but plan for six months. At the, yeah. at the least six months, and this is where these guys go, okay, well, if, you know, they've got all these snakes that are still sitting there, those, these hatchlings that they made. I don't think it's quite sunk in yet that those animals need to be sold to people that have disposable cash. Because that's the only, yeah. time, that's the only time that I bought snakes ever was when I had a bit of extra money there. The rest of the time, yep. the money needs to go into living expenses. Now you suddenly don't, a lot of these, a lot of these youngsters have now suddenly lost their income, you know, all this stuff. This could go for the next six months. And so longer. you've got all I these. This going for years, you know. This oh yeah, that's the economy for years to come. If the surplus, so, I mean, I, I don't. A lot even... of the money is yeah. recycled in the snake hobby. You know, um, I still do it now. You you sell certain animals, yeah. and knowing full well that's what I call snake money, you reinvest that into other projects. You know. But if yeah. I'm not selling that to get that in, I'm not buying something either, you know? So people are always jumping and, and moving around in the industry, but it's recycled money, but it all relies on sales. Somewhere yeah, yeah. someone's got yeah. to buy, buy something. something that generates yep. the money. So. Yep. And then that money just goes straight. But So it's, you know, what's happening there? Sorry, that's my crazy wife. Sorry there. There's Captain Clean Sheree who... I'll give a shout out to my wife who cleans all of my snake tubs. She's the best wife in the world, Barney. Yeah, that's a that's an evolution. Like it's ev like your way you're keeping stuff there has evolved as well over the last few years that I've I've known you since I've known you five years now. I think it's five years now, or we've started dealing five. Yeah, yeah it feels like feels like feels like forever, you know. But your whole way of keeping and operating has also evolved over time as well. I remember you used to struggle staying on top of things and then sherry started getting really hands-on with the cleaning and stuff then that's opened you know so you're a perfect example of a couple 
of a of a couple that actually have embraced it and have, are working together for the greater goal, you know. And yep. I, you don't see that much. I mean, uh, it's 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 nice to see that, you know, especially with a large collection like that. It's nice to see. My, I mean, Nicole used to help me out with all the admin stuff, and all the book, you know, like the book because I was doing it as a, as a business. You know, so Nicole was helping with tax returns because Nicole's never been like a snake, hands-on snake, although she did. The first ever clutch that I had in Australia, I was over in South Africa on holiday and she had to pull that from an angry jungle. Those stripes, the mum of of those super stripes, those striped uh, uh, jags that I made, she had to pull the clutch while I was gone. from that snake and she was not she was she was nasty that snake was a nasty bitch when she had had eggs on there but you know she used to do all the book stuff and when end of tax you know so she helped me out on that side of stuff but it's nice to see it's nice to have that hobby and having somebody as involved in you and because it's nice to share the fruits of it you know because it can be it can be it's got some great rewards in it you know That's great. The whole, our whole family's involved, you know, as much as the kids used to be involved. Uh, Harrison used to help clean the rodents, you know, yeah. and he's a smart kid, you know. It started out at 10 bucks an hour and then he realised I really needed him, you yeah. know, and then I started that at 20 bucks an hour now and I'm like, Phew. yep, you know, kid's 12 <laughs> years old, he's making more cash than everyone in the house, but, yeah. you know, the kids get involved now. Luckily, apart that off to dad, dad took over the whole rodents thing yeah. uh, hmm, last year year and a bit ago it's um yeah. he retired and then i palmed him off this nice little sideline business which he decided to make eight times bigger and now you know says to me oh look at all this work i've got to do you know like he's as bad <laughs> as me wants it to be big so he yeah, made but, it big and now he needs to I'm, do lots of work too so but i'm assuming your mum was all the families in you know I'm, I'm assuming your mum was behind that a bit though pushing that as well though so it's the best in the best in industry the khp rodents yeah well, mum's more on the KHP reptile team. She's in the expos and loves yeah. doing photography and she doesn't want to do anything with rodents. So she's happy to uh, just fall under the KHP reptiles banner and be fine. Poor old dad or papa, as we call him, gets to do all the, uh, yeah. the hard labor for us all. So without him, we'd all be in trouble. So. I don't blame her one bit uh, for not liking the, rod- the rodents. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was never something that... I co- I constantly got sick from rodents for some reason. It, depending, you know, it, it that sort of stuff goes when you when you've got lots of rats, they need to be sort of maintained well. You know, like we discussed yeah. it when I was there. You know, right. you need to look after them. I I think live food should be respected the way that any animal should be respected, regardless of how where they fit into the food chain and stuff. You know, um, and they respond well. You know, like uh, when I used to have my rodents at home you know I'd, I'd try and clean them every week quite often being so busy it got to every fortnight and they stunk by then and uh, you know Sheree was always complaining the smell you know people come to our house and i know they can smell it it's filthy you know yeah. and you can tell the animals didn't produce good numbers they weren't great quality rodents that were coming out of it you know small litters problems all the time you know, dad took it over, he's got it at his place and he cleans it weekly and it is pristine, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of it. It's so well run. He did it. Fortunately, he listened to me. I said, you have to do it this way. Do this, do this. And the way I knew it had to be done, I just couldn't do it myself. Yeah, yeah. He does it brilliantly yeah. and the numbers are fantastic. Like he's making far better quantity and better quality stock all the time. So it's, yeah, like you say, the animals need care. I, I hate to see animals 
any animal abused, you know, in any way, you know, like if they just, all need care, it doesn't it, matter their value or anything. So. It's especially when it's just a, for a lack of time, you know, because then you should really just be lowering, you should just be lessening the load. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, but you have to, so you have to realize that, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe I need to look at somebody, maybe moving it off site, maybe working a deal with somebody that, you know, supply me with rodents. You can have the setup, you know, you make your money out of it, but make sure that I've got enough there to feed my collection. Now, that's something that I would do. I'd set up the whole collection. I'd set up a whole breeding system and then I'd go to somebody and I'd say, look, let's work out something. As long as I'm not short on rodents, you do whatever yeah. you want with that collection. Just make sure you run it the following way. Keep them clean. You know, why not? Mm. But I, I, I remember one of these big, wise, old, big-name breeders over in the U.S. always used to say, you know, you're either a reptile breeder or you're a rodent breeder. You can't do both. Yeah. You can't do both properly. You either have to – and, and yeah. rodents take a lot of time, man. You know, like it's, it's a – Anything warm-blooded that is constantly going takes a lot of time. At least with the snakes, you know, you have that period in the middle of the year where things sort of slow down, you know, the cooling mm -hmm. starts. You still have to monitor them, but it's really not as labor-intensive anymore. As But then you've got all your hatchlings. So where one job gets lesser, you know, it picks up somewhere else because then it's really the good time then to start pumping the hatchlings and start getting generating sales and stuff because at that size where you know, you can start selling them. You know, they'd be t t 10, yep. 20 feeds in, beautiful, you know? Yeah, good to go. Yeah. yeah. So, you've pre so you've got all your, your rats all sorted. Is there anything else that people should, I mean, is there anything else that people should be stockpiling or should be uh, thinking about, you know, for, say, three months down the line? Um, yeah, I think if you, you secure, you know, if you care for your animals, you obviously need to be where they are. And I know people who keep animals in certain places, and if you get locked down and not meant to be traveling places, you can't really get to your animals. You know, yeah, yeah. if you can't get to them, someone needs to get to them for you. Yeah. Um, you need to need to just make sure, yeah, food and water, obviously essential care things need to be done. But and people need to, I think, not panic too much. You know, I think. I hope people aren't going to be desperate to this start, this trend or this, this time of year anyway. I've got to sell, you know, like I need money. So yeah. I'm just going to go out there and sell whatever I can for whatever I can. because I've got to get money in, you know, the panic, panic sell. Um, and it affects pricing. It drives things down, but I'm never too worried. A lot of people get upset about that. I'm happy for people to go out and sell their animals for what they want to sell them for. Yeah. And in six months, uh, I can sell my animals for what I'm happy to sell them for. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I just hope people don't don't go too crazy with the you know I have to sell sort of thing. But um, everyone's got to do what they got to do. People have got deals. People are in some horrific financial circumstances. Uh, there'll be people selling animals uh, in the next six months. They don't want to sell. You know, like oh, it's yeah. a horrible position to be yeah. in when you've made something or you bought something, you've got plans for it. And really, snakes are, you know, for most people like me, it's a hobby, it's a sideline thing. If if my if my spare parts business, the main thing that drives everything for the family, you know, all my family work in the in that business. They all work yeah. in all the businesses, but you know, that's the main core. If that struggles so badly, and I have to sell snakes to put money into that, then that's what you got to do. You know, like yeah, you've yeah. got to have the main thing that puts bread and butter on the table for the family that's got to survive so yeah and you have you to know. i mean you have to look after number one and that that is unfortunately you know i i, I like i've through the years that i've kept stuff you know I've, I've seen people overspend on snakes you know where it's like sure. 
every, every bit of their savings have gone into snakes. And then when the shit eats the fan, it's like too stubborn to let go. They'd rather go hungry than sell the snake. I've seen it this week, especially. I've seen a lot of, you know, like I, I've got, a, I'm involved in a lot of video groups and uh, camera groups and stuff because I can never l learn in, enough about this stuff that I'm doing now. But there's already yep. guys selling expensive tripods. You know, like you wouldn't believe how, how much a tripod can cost. A proper tripod, you know. Forget about that little flimsy thing that your mum added. The thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's guys that there's there's twenty thousand dollar tripods, and and these guys are going yeah. okay. Wait, let's. <laughs> you can see because the whole photography industry is now shut down because nobody's doing weddings, nobody's doing film, uh, film no. photo shoots. No, you can't leave the house. So all these yeah. guys are sitting there. They can't use the equipment, and you can see them already. Their heads are ticking. Okay, so damage, sure, con sure, damage, sure. damage control. What can I let go that I can get back later? You know, and you can see. I I started with a bloody tripod as well. <laughs> I'm like, as long as I can hold that thing, I'll be alright. Get rid of the tripod, especially when it's like a three three thousand dollar. So I'm tipping. There'll be a lot of guys selling expensive snakes. So let's talk about the effects of what this could do. You know. You could be able to pick up bargains. I mean, that's the positive. If you hang on to your money and you've got totally. a little bit of money sitting there and you're still in an essential service like myself, you know, I can't buy snakes. So, <laughs> but I mean, but the yeah. option would be there. I'm, 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 I'm sure that there'll be guys selling five, six thousand dollar snakes two, three months down the line for half that price, and they sure. they wouldn't get more because they wouldn't just they just wouldn't be that type of money around. I still think yeah. it'd be a silly thing to buy something that expensive if we're not sure if the economy's recovered. But yeah. I mean, I can no. definitely see that. You know, that's the flip side. You know, you'd be able to get great-looking snakes for bargains, but that affects you Maybe. as well. But as you said, and as I know, you add that ex extra benefit of customer service, aftercare. You know that when you buy a snake from KHP that it's going to be sexed properly. You're not going to end up with a snake that's that's. And I mean, we've all. We've all stepped in that trap selling, buying something that turned out to not be the right sex, especially yeah, expensive so stuff. So far, so good. Mm. You know? Um, but I think, you know, it could, it could work both ways. You might end up with something that you really need in, a, in your collection that you get for half the price, you know? And that's not, yeah. that's not saying, you know, it's a, it's, you know, I feel sorry for the guy that has to sell it. But that's just life, you know. At the end of the day, if you have bills to pay, I don't know what's going to happen with the. Uh, you know, I hope that the government comes comes around and sort of puts the house people with house loans and and rent and stuff like that. I'm, I I know that they were talking about the, a stimulus package to cover people for that type of stuff, you know. But that'd be harsh, you know, not having work and having all those expenses. Then you know you have to get rid of the collaterals, you know. Like that's unfortunately the collateral damage will be to sell that expensive snake that's sitting in the rack. Simple. Yep. Anytime I think there's, you know, economic downturn, guys with money can really make money, you know, like it's the share market, it's the real estate market. And it, to a certain degree, like you say, the snake market's the same, that uh, the guys who've got some money behind them, they'll buy some stuff for crazy cheap money from the guys who just can't hang on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll pick up some bargains and they might flip that in, you know, a year or two and, when the market's back up again, you know, there's certainly opportunity for people there to buy stuff, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I know Darren Whittaker's going to sell me some stuff really cheaply, surely. Like, there's a couple <laughs> of animals we've been it's discussing, a... and it's... Uh, I'll tell you he's, what. He's desperate for some money, I feel, very shortly. Let's see if he... Let's see if he... What his comment's going to be. He's probably just going to... He's probably just going to avoid that comment. You'll probably need to censor his comment. <laughs> it'll start with F. And, uh, yeah. friend. 
yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's in there. They're having a little party in there, but you know, they're just talking amongst themselves. So it's good to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we our numbers aren't where uh, we where, where normally is, but this is going to grow. You know, like I mean, I know that we. Um, I had a whole bunch of ideas uh, now to just go back to. You know, like with the carpet fest, I've got this. You know. It's very easy to stream stuff this year, and I reckon we could do something like that. Even before, you know, like I think people need uplifting conversations like this to sort of carry them through the hard times. I've talked to you about it mm-hmm. as well. I mean, this is something you could do every every fucking night if you have to. You know, I don't think there's much. I don't think there's that much to say about carpet snakes, but there's stuff to the report on in, in a day. You know, like I mean, there's so many guys out there, so many breeders out there that I'd like to have a chat to and, and just see how they're rolling. You know, what's what's going on? How did you handle the pandemic this week? You know, what, what happened? What did you have to sell? You know, that's that's stuff that we can, can be talked about. So, what are you? Um, so you work with. So what is what are the major genetics that you're working with? So let's talk about some some cool stuff. You know, what? Um, so kids out there, people, look after your money. Don't go, you know, give it a month. Don't go do, don't mm. go do impulse spending and impulse buying because there's going to be a lot of sales. I can tell you now there's going to be a lot of sales on of all types for people that's trying to keep their business afloat in the next two or three months. So hang on to your yep. cash, ride it through. There'll be a lot of snakes for sale at the end of the year. I think another thing to know is, is you know, I would be assessing how much more stock I make at the end of the year, you know, you should know yeah. by breeding season what the climate's like, you know, the, the, the retail or what the sales climate's like, you know, before we go into breeding Absolutely. season. You wouldn't want to sit yeah. with 15 clutches of hatchlings rolling into next year with nobody to buy them, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think that's certainly a, a very valid point for this season coming. We're probably very fortunate this has happened now and not in August you know, when everyone just paired up everything under the sun, you know, trying to gear up for a big season and suddenly we've got, you know, thousands of hatches coming on the market and there's no market. And so that's probably a good time now. Then certainly myself, I haven't even thought about pairings, but I have this week thought about doing less pairings already, you know, just some key projects and some things that, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I'll make some more of this or do try, try a little experiment here some of those projects I'll say, let's not experiment this year. Let's stick to the things that I've got to do, the things I have to have. Most things I breed, it's just for stuff I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to just make a clutch of uh, albino jags and um, things, you know, I'm not just making stuff to sell. I'm trying to make this. So, you know, everything I'm trying to breed to is for a purpose. You know, I made super zebras years ago and people have often messaged me they got any super zebras. I said, no, you know, I made them years ago and I've grown them up now and I've bred them this season just gone. Yeah. You know, so I bred them because I wanted them for myself. I haven't made any ever since. You know, it's not yeah, the it's... production line of the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, so, I've, uh, I've, never, I've never made them. That's uh, annoying me. <laughs> I sold. I lucky, sold you all the. Someone sent you one once, I believe. You know, I know. It was a compensation package because you couldn't get the job done, and I was the, the hearing out. There's the there's saddened you were that you could not pull it off. The stimulus package, the Brent stimulus package. But um, it, it it is annoying. It is frustrating. I'll never make them. But you know, you can. I've always found it interesting that because you made perfect tailed ones. You've never made them yeah, since. Well, I sent you all the I sent you all the ingredients though, and you just refer, you just <laughs> you just 
You the closer. That's the you the closer. What that one I think is maybe. I hope it is the key to making more like that. You know, yeah. whether the tail is genetically passed on that they're, they're somehow going to make more with good tails. But that's uh, as part of the DNA, as part of the polygenics of the animal. Hopefully, that is something that I can use to make clutches of lots of things that, that have perfect tails. So, wouldn't that be nice to have so, a have a super zebra that makes everything super with tails straight tails i mean that'd be great huh that would yeah, yeah. and i mean it's not far-fetched to think that it would be a genetic thing it's like i said it's like i had the discussion with rajiv remember he had that he's got he's got that super that albino super zebra i spoke to him yeah, at the yeah. I spoke to him at the vic expo and i had this theory that that snake came from that snake that came from uh shane plank you know the the head that gave those albinos with the straight tails and he confirmed yeah, that. He said, "Odds beater Shane Plank, yes, that bloke. That blo- that bloody snake, <laughs> that everything it made was like out of five eggs, there were three albino zebras. Then everything had straight tails. It was just a freak of nature. But it's it's definitely genetics. I mean, it's it's like you just have to end up, you have to start your foundation as to be with a snake that is known to make straight tails or heads. Yeah. I think it's a big part of it is is having a head." zebra that makes straight tail zebras you know or having mm-hmm. a head head zebra jag that makes straight tails I'm, I'm, and yep. you what did you what the original your original pairing with those super zebras were they a fee was the female was it a head zebra the dad or was uh, it a head zebra jag they were both just zebra head albinos oh, okay so, so um, two heads yeah, zebra head albino. Got the that's why the super zebras all those first ones I made are all just um, post head albino. So I've got to prove some of those things out. So, oh well, you you seem to be lucky as well with the stuff that you make. It's not like a lot of the stuff's not just luck. But you were lucky with some of the possible. You've had some good luck with possible head stuff though, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. It's Crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I have some, some lucky years. You have some unlucky years, but yeah, I've been fortunate in some things I've bought as 66% POS heads, and that's why I'm probably more positive on POS heads, and people are always, oh, POS head, no, you know, they, they get that instant negativity towards it, and I'm like, uh, 33% chance it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, I look at it on the, the good side, and, and, and I've seen it work plenty more. Like, I don't believe the 66, maybe I've just been very fortunate, you know, in my landing of process, but they I seem to find more prove out than don't prove out. You know, when you're talking yeah, yeah. animals, when yeah. you start to talk double head, post double head stuff, it's, that's when you're getting the longer, longer odds, you know, but I've had <laughs> post double head stuff prove out as well. Albino granite last year from a post double head wild type girl, you know, like Beautiful. That's, I don't know what the odds are of that proving out, but it's, <laughs> it's negligible. Um, Mr. Plank is actually in the chat tonight. Hello, Shane. Oh, yeah, hello, Mr. Shane. Planky. Yeah, he hasn't we been have around. We a snake called Planky. My wife loves the uh, yeah. animal that Mr. Plank sent to me some years ago, a little caramel zebra Oh, yes. Female. That uh, thing is nice. Is that the one that, that, that washy, wishy-washy one that I, I made a video of? Yeah, that's a beautiful. beautiful. I saw that when he was beautiful. a baby and I went, oh, bargain. That's a score. I saw uh, t- uh, Sherry did say earlier in the chat, yeah, she did say, you know, you guys look after the animals, you know, and I, I sort of think I could see that when I was there. When you name animals, it gives them a totally different 
you know, you you make them part of the tribe. They part. Of, they turn when you name an animal. They they take on a totally different uh, position in your family. They become part of the family. I never used to. I, I just. Was, I mean, can you imagine naming all the stuff that I had? But I did. I do feel that when people name their animals, they have a lot more love and respect and the interaction with those animals. And it's on a different level. You know, it's like a, yep. you're part of the kids, really. You yeah. know, and you guys, I mean, yeah, man, like all my stuff starts as a number, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's 10 whatever slash the year was made in. So everything starts as a number just for feeding purposes and get going. But when they get the magic silver holdback sticker and they become part of the team, yeah. they get a name. And certainly I know Piper, my daughter, years ago, named every single hatchy for two years. You know, we're talking hundreds of animals and she <laughs> cut out little labels and all the girls had a girl's name with a little love heart on it stuck on, you know, her yeah. handwriting stuck on every single V18 tub, you know, like walls of names, <laughs> you know. And, Did you have a book? It was awesome. That, uh, kids, uh, friends from school all had a snake that's their name, you know. So oh, okay. her friends would come over and, you know, I, I can go and show you, you know, Vanessa, he's he's you as a snake, you know. Like, it's, <laughs> it's unreal. It's, all the adult snakes they all have names and i think i find a great tree rings me because she does the cleaning and she'll say planky that girl that came from shane Planky, it's just called planky the zebra and you know uh planky shed check this out and sends me photos it's great while i'm at work to get pictures of someone cleaning my snakes for me i love the most but you know (laughs) you get updates and see oh yeah fresh shed this is beautiful this is whatever you know like it's it's great to get that that involvement, but yeah, names are unreal. You know, there's some there's some wild names amongst some animals in my place. Um, Harrison called one Roadhog, uh, and uh, uh, this uh, they come up with names from games they play on the internet. You know, so it's uh, uh, you don't have a yeah. have you got a have you got a have you got the your favorite ones probably called Manis, yeah, your favorite stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no. Maybe no. Oh uh, come on, come on! I need one, I need a name on no, one of those horrible things. So um, okay, the okay, what fine. It's called the hustler. I, oh yes, I can I I can see now. Okay, I see how, I see how you roll. That's fine. I'll I'll deal with it. You know the the disappointment, the inside. You know the offend. I'm offended now, but I'll name something for you this year. Don't worry, I'll make you a name. <laughs> the best one yet. So, the, oh yeah, the, the, the yeah, the elusive, the elusive, the holy grail, you know. And I love them, you know. I really, I really think that's, you know, I've always had this thing, and you know, I've yeah. said it. Hey, how many times I've said it? I think in the early days, everybody just wanted to make the combo. There was yeah. never, there was never that much foresight into saying, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll abstain for a couple of years, but let's find the best possible pairing to make. So I can have something that look, look different, you know, like, and that's, I think that's something that I, not to, you know, not to boast or anything, but, you know, like, I had a lot of thought into my original pairings as to what and where I was going with the stuff, you know, so, and I was lucky as well, you know, there's a lot of luck as well to make stuff that looks totally different. But yeah. I think now is the perfect, now is the perfect time as well for guys to go, okay, I'm not just going to make generic animals. Like, I mean, a perfect example is that super zebra that you've got that's got that really gray look to it. That's a beautiful snake. I can imagine that snake just adding better genetics to azantics. Like, I would put, I would take that snake and I would make azantic 
zebra, super zebras out of that snake. I'll use that as a base line to work from and make yep. them even grayer. You know, that just enhance that. So I think a lot of guys just wanted to originally make just just rush and do stuff. And I think to, to separate yourself now in this industry, you have to be working with stuff like the granite, like the albino granites, that orange, you know. And from talking to you, you know, you do get stuff in there that looks like caramel. So that's that's like an added bonus, you know. It's like to work, be working with a line that has like that a hidden caramel-looking, hypo-y looking stuff that brings out the oranges and stuff in the in the in the in the in the, in the you know the final result. So I think a lot of guys now, I think it's very good that, you know, I think it's something that I like to promote is to say to guys, you know, like, hang off. There's no rush. Get the best. You know, like you said, Chris Hunky. Yeah. He's buying all these, buying the best that he can get. And he's listening to the advice from guys that have been there and guys that have seen how it's worked out. I don't mm. know. How do, you, how, do yeah. you, how do you feel about original pairings? I mean, it's important. I mean, it's something I think a lot of people Super have neglected. Mm. And I think... You can clearly make a stamp in the this the hobbies the industry is very generic with the stuff that you see on tables. I mean, you just had to walk around at Penrith, and the stuff that stuck out were the st- the things that looked different. And suddenly, that person like Steve Carruthers with those crazy Mac, those crazy ch- children eye that he's got. You know, suddenly yep. the name is associated with something different. So, for any guy that gets into the carpet python industry now, I would say. Get the best stuff and make something that dis- distinguishes you from the pack. That's how you're going to sell snakes mm. down the line, especially with the volumes yeah. that are around now. So what's your what's your take on that? Absolutely. I think people, and I start to see it a lot now, people need to dream ideas. I know you never stop thinking about ideas, pairings. What if we mix this? What if we add this? And not just like you say, throwing get a granite and pair it to an example. You know, you've got to look at what's in that granite, what there's different looks in granites and then what's what's what do we want to make? What are we going to add to that to make it something special? Certainly those super zebras, I know Jared Sharp, you know, did some brilliant stuff with um, really nice high yellow stuff. You know, you look at the base colour of the jungle blood that you're putting into those to make the super zebra. Imagine a super zebra in that really fluoro yellow look. Oh color. yeah. Like that, you got to really look at what you're going to put into the mix, not just the genetics you're throwing in, but yeah. the colors, the patterns, everything else, the polygenics built into the genetics of the recessive genes behind it. You know, there's yeah. so much more into a pairing than just two two genes going together. You know, there's yeah. you've got to try and refine things or breed to get certain things out. So it's um, but it's like it's you know like yeah. it's it's a good example is um, Darren with those um. Those uh, zebra jags, those yellow zebra jags that had that one on display yeah. at the. He also, I think, from memory, what he said was he also he didn't expect didn't expect them to look like that. Sometimes, sometimes you're lucky and you get like a, like a freak show like that where they come out so bright and then, you know, a lot of people just a lot of people sell that stuff and I I used to just look at it and go. You're gonna regret selling that stuff, you know. Like I've seen people. I'm not saying this. Not this. This is just in general. I've seen a lot of guys sell stuff that I've gone, are you, sorry about the language, fucking nuts to sell that. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. like, I've put you onto stuff where I've gone, 
you, you get this because I've seen I've seen the base colors, but that that type of experience comes with years of holding stuff back. People don't keep the people don't hold their animals back. We don't have to. It's always it's almost. I know you have to work tomorrow, so we'll we'll sort of start ending it off soon. But people don't mm-hmm. hold back enough animals anymore either. You know, like it's too. It's too, people are in such a rush to just recoup some money and whatever instead of just holding stuff back. And you know, sometimes you just have to hoard. And, and then mm-hmm. l- you, luck strikes because you you won't know if a carp, especially carpet pythons, you won't know if something's going to turn out crazy looking unless you keep it for six months and feed it heavily like you do. At least, yeah, at, at least, least. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, uh, Darren said here as well, like Jared, uh, like Jared's aneurysm stuff. You know, like this is stuff that we, you know. Polygenics, and Darren also says, you know, a lot of people don't take polygenics in in the chat yet. So after the show, it would be worthwhile just running through the the chat and just responding to people there in the chat afterwards. All right, just a tip there. Sure. Um, sure. There might be I know stuff. Darren's a big big pusher. You know, I, I listen to Darren's talk. Well, Darren can talk, trust me. But I would love to <laughs> see a show between you and Darren. And time, who can talk the most in that show? It would be a good battle of how much hey, hey. can be done in one show. I, I've been, but I I've to been. Talk Darren did a long, long time ago yeah. uh, at one of the Hawkesbury herd meets about the pepper story. You know, like yeah. heard it a lot. It's funny, so many people haven't heard the story. I find it amazing. You just think everyone's heard been the around story. so long. I've heard it five thousand times, but yeah. so many people still don't know the story. So you know, it's something that probably Darren should go and do an update now and tell the story again because it just it gets lost. I, I, I probably shouldn't say it gets lost. So many new people come into the hobby in the last year or two who hey. don't even know what silver peppers are. You yeah. know, like they're just not well publicized or, you know, they're not on the tables at Expo so much. So, yeah. um, but Darren had this talk years ago was talking about um, building in the polygenics into recessive breeding, you know. Yeah. Um, there's so much involved in the polygenics of animals you know there's so much in taking something to breed something else not just by genetics you know the you know of the genes that are on board so it's, <laughs> polygenics is a big thing you know i think for for a long time we've all been caught up in the i have to have this recessive gene because it's going to hold its value better and it's going to be the key to this and it's 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 the thing that everyone wants but everyone sort of ignored poly stuff as rubbish it's just poly who cares you know like uh, and i know you've said it in years past we both had a little chuckle well, it's just a poly line who cares i think poly stuff in the future is going to be king you know the super uh, well refined um stripes and um hyperbredly stuff the stuff that is purely line bred for, for for many 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 generations uh, that stuff is going to be prized because as much as you can have recessive stuff, you can just make that next year and you're going to get clutches of heads and you'll sell them and people will go and make visuals again later on. You yeah. can't start a well-refined line. You can't just grab a hypo breadly and breed it and think that next year you're going to make these ultra classic super hypo breadleys. So you're going to have to do that pairing, the whole back stuff, breed that whole back, hold back, you know, six seven years before you're going to see what you want to see out of that line you know yeah, you and stripe might. stuff as well stripes yes. all the rage at the moment and i see you know the race is on for all the stripe type you know combos and people are making some brilliant stuff stripe out there and then i think that's going to be very popular in time yeah. the 
Uh, something that really good striped animals getting lots of money in time. Yeah, you know, and, and and stuff that great. and stuff that's that you just can't just make. You know, so you might just have to sit back a little bit because you're moving right in behind that uh, lo- that beautiful logo of yours there. <laughs> Where did your sound go now? I think your battery. Mm-hmm. Are you there? You there? I'm there. Okay, yes, you're just like, I'm just, uh, you, you, you love to just take the piss out of me talking, but you fucking talk as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me well. So. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's uh, it's 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 been a good uh, it's been a good chat. It'd be nice to see. Yeah, we do. We'll do. I told you before. We could do this. Uh, we could do this screen in the four way split. So we can be me, you, and Darren. I don't know who's gonna. I don't know how that's gonna work. Then who's gonna get a turn to talk? <laughs> All of us want to have something to say. I'll but have nothing to say now. That'll be uh, Darren Whitaker once he starts. He rang me the other night, and it was like two hours forty minutes or something. It's just. He's a he's a machine. Yeah, but it's at least it's fun, you know. Like I know, like if, if I speak yeah. any of the any of the guys that I've spoken to in the past and I've had dealings with in the past, the guys, it's fun to talk about what we like, you know. At the end of the day, two hours go. I know, you know, like sometimes it gets tedious. But if it's if it's upbeat and it's getting away from the shit that's on the television, why not? You know, it's it's good. Yeah. And you now you don't have any excuse because you've got those hearing things in your. By the way, Brent's coming. So if the, if the sounds a bit rough, Brent's talking through his his uh, earring things in his ears. So the sounds going through there. So this is how what the link up is. This is I don't think this is going to be the first of of I think there's going to be a first of many because, frankly, I think there's there's a, a, a I would say there's maybe ten or fifteen guys that are at the top of the in the, like at the top of the mutation game in the country. Ten, fifteen, maybe twenty. And I'd like to mm-hmm. get as many of them on here as possible. You know, I think um, I think us Aussies have nothing, and I'm not really. I haven't I haven't naturalized, but I've been here for 20 years. But I think I think there's a lot of wisdom that's not that's not being relayed on the internet. Oof. We can hear everything that she, that Sherry says. Wow. She might as well say hello while she's there. Come and say, show uh, your face. Doing good. Doing good. Hello. <laughs> I know you're doing. You're doing great. Hello. All time. We're all <laughs> listening. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a lot of lot of uh, there's. A, I don't think we have to stand back to anybody in the world anymore. I, I don't think we ever stood. Be, you know, I don't, don't think we ever we can hold ourselves uh, own in the in the, in the carpet python industry, international carpet python industry these days. You know, so I don't think I think there's a lot of wisdom, and I think a lot of a lot of the guys that know their stuff don't say they don't get involved in the conversations on the internet anymore because they just get shoved aside and just like, what do you know? You know, and it's too hard to argue with. It's too hard to go and argue with people. That's, I think that's sort of what I'm sort of hoping with this, this group to have the exclusivity there that we know that the people that we add to this group are people that are keen to, to learn, keen to find out what the right answers are. Not that I say we all know the answer, but between the, between the guys that I want to talk in here, there's going to be the right answers. You know, and you can take, yeah, you can take yeah. it. I don't, I just don't want to, I just don't want people to go, oh, but you know, like, oh, okay, I knew all the, you know, like there will be stuff spoken about in these shows that you wouldn't find in a book. I can guarantee people that, you know. So I think we'll tie it off. Um, Brent, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. You, uh, It's great for, I think it was a great show for first official Carpet Python TV live stream group show. 
and we'll keep sure. doing we'll keep doing these. We'll have smaller shows on the on the the Carver Python page, and then we'll bring it in here, and we'll grow the numbers. You know, at least in here we can we can sort of make sure that people get the right information. I want to get that's all. I, I'm not I don't care about thousands of viewers. I've said I've said mentioned that to you. I want to make sure that the right information gets out and that people can come here and get value for their time because I think that's something that's yeah, lacking these I, days. I think there's some great breeders out there. Like you said, some of those guys that, you know, not necessarily even the top big numbers, no, guys, no, no, but no, guys but with small collections making yeah. some brilliant animals. You know, I'd love to see more of these people get involved and get on the show, uh, mm. a show, any show, your show, and talk more and yeah. share more about their collection. You know, I think... Yep. Facebook's been good and bad for the hobby that so many people, like you said, have just have left and don't care to be involved themselves or share anything with Facebook. And with the virus scares and the security scares of the world today, yeah. people are, are locked away and not sharing what's going on out there. If you could get inside some of the collections that I've been fortunate enough that friends of mine have let me in to see their stuff, yeah. there's some brilliant stuff out there that no one ever sees. You know, the world is... Is, is sheltered from it and it'd be great to get people involved and in seeing more of it you know but Darren Whittaker's got a ton of stuff Jared Sharp's got a ton of stuff there's guys out there with stuff that is unreal you know I go to their place well, not Jared's but no one goes to Jared's and he's in the lockdown but you know you go to Darren's place and I just see snakes and I was like oh, I want that I want that I love that how did you make this what is this you know like there's, yeah. there's so many animals out there and so many guys working on so many projects that it's great that there's a place that it can all be shared and everyone can see it. And yeah. it just plants those seeds of ideas for future plans. And and if, we, if we've if we got, say, another, if, if, say, all of us have to stay home for 21 days, then what better time to waste than sit on the... <laughs> <laughs> do shows and, and take the p- do shows and take the piss out of each other. Yeah? That'd be good. Yeah, I, I reckon people will watch that stuff. A funny, upbeat uh, get together of uh, great minds. I don't know about that, but um, mate, thanks again. Where can uh, give yourself a plug? Where can where can people find you and see you and uh, and see what you've got uh, available? Um, KHP Reptiles uh, Facebook. Uh, the main page is there all the time. There, I do have a website, um, yeah. www.khpreptiles.com.au. Yeah. Uh, the website's sort of in development. I, I, I'm so time poor. I would love that website to be um, a great source of information. I do direct a lot of people to there who yeah. um, buy snakes or need set up info. I'm happy to help anyone. I don't care if you buy a snake from me. People, might, I, I get a lot of people come to me um, I've been recommended. You can help me out. I bought a snake from somewhere, don't care where, and won't eat, won't do this. There's something yeah. wrong. Um, happy to help all those people out. And there's information on my website. Don't mind me. The dog's just nearly puking up on the carpet. What's up with the dog? Sort him out. And uh, I'm happy to help those people. You know. And there's information on. Sorry. Like to put more information on their website to help to help people. You know, like it's uh, yeah. uh, always good to help people and then they come back to you and say, yeah, it's great, it's fixed it and the animal's healthy and growing and feeding now and everything, you know. I like solving the mystery, you know, find the reason why things aren't right, fix it and, you know, see see progress, see, see improvement for it. So. Yeah. So, uh, th- awesome. Thank you. Thank you for giving us an hour and a half out of your out of your life. I'll be putting this, uh, I'll probably load this onto YouTube. I've recorded this. I'm doing new stuff. I'm recording it on my system so I can put it on the podcast so people can listen to it in the car while they're driving. 
um, yep. and I need you to be a little. Inside your special studio there, from yeah, uh, the studio, TV. the studio, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, a little private little joke. Sorry, people. But thanks for watching. Please uh, recommend the, the the live stream to uh, somebody somebody else. You know, if any, if all of you just uh, redirect or invite, you go through your invite list at the top of the group. There's a little plus sign that you can invite people, and I will. If you invite somebody that you think can get benefit out of the group, don't don't invite idiots. You know, invite people that you think would 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 would, would get benefit from the group and I'll add them. Make sure they answer the questions because I won't in, I won't I won't allow anybody in here that, that doesn't ask answer the questions and uh, that's unfortunately the rule. So because I need to people to so I can go back and look at 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 the rules that they agreed to and if they come in and 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 there's horseplay they can just get booted out of the group. So I want to be I want to be really firm about that. So um Thanks, Brent, again. You would not be accepted into the facility if you do not comply. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's an attempt at, at, at uh, making my accent. Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll go. Thanks, mate. Thanks for nothing. Yeah? So thanks, guys, for watching. 